Well, we're going to continue our series called Healthy Church. Michael Hansen is going to be sharing today. And he said if he didn't have a rousing round of applause, <laughs> he might just go and sit down and yeah. not even speak. So. Yep. Wow. That felt so authentic, such a genuine, from the heart, <clears throat> from the hand. <laughs> well, hey, good morning. Uh, you're the brave. You uh, parked your huskies, your sleds and huskies out front. Uh, I actually like this weather. I like being inside looking out at this weather, not let me get that right. But uh, I'm going to be continuing our series on Healthy Church, and we've been looking at uh, all these different aspects of, of like, what is a healthy church act like? What does a healthy church uh, look like? And today, as you can see there on the screen, I, I'm going to be talking about worship. And uh, a healthy church is a, is a worshiping church. And now I, I'm pretty sure that even when you hear the word uh, worship, automatically your mind goes somewhere, right, with what you believe worship is. Uh, uh, I remember as a kid, I, the church I grew up in, there's a sign out front of the church, and, and uh, it said, Chase Evangelical Free Church, Pastor Don Anderson, really cool guy. Uh, then it said, Worship Service, dot, 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 10 a.m., right? So if you'd asked me as a young man, okay, what is, what is worship? I'd say, well, worship is what we call this service that we do on Sunday morning, right? That's a worship service. But, if, you know, but I really would have uh, no understanding of what worship means. Uh, Exodus 34 this is from the Old Testament where God is speaking to the Israelites. Uh, he says this to him in verse 14. He says, hey, you guys, that's paraphrased, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. So when you look at that, is God saying, look, don't tell anyone this, but I'm really insecure. And I get jealous real quick. So, you know, as my people, whatever you, whatever you do, don't go singing songs. Don't go clapping your hands or, you know, doing that step that you guys do. I mean, don't go doing that to any other gods. I mean, is that what he's saying? Well, what we're going to look at today is that worship, and we need to understand that worship is way more... Uh, way bigger than I think what most of us think. See, my hunch is when you hear the worship where your mind goes is what we just did a few minutes ago, right? Worship is when we gather together and we sing praises to God and, and, and that's true, but that's like a, that's a tiny piece of what worship really is. It's way bigger than that. And here's, here's what I mean. You wanna, Laura, you wanna throw that picture up? Look at that. Uh, yep, copies, you can order copies after the service. This is... This weekend, actually yesterday, Helen and I celebrated our 28th anniversary. We've, uh, uh, we were both, thank you, thank you so much. We were both 13 in this picture. And uh, uh, Duran Duran, uh, <laughs> I, actually, I actually remember taking a record, a Duran Duran record to the hairdresser and I pointed at Simon Le Bon, if you know, you guys who know Duran, I said, like that, just like that. So a uh, little bit of influence there. But, but here's the thing, 29 and a half years ago, I met Helen, and I fell in love with Helen, and she hooked my heart. And 28 years ago yesterday, I said I do to her. But when I said I do to her, I said I don't to all others, right? We entered into, I entered into a sacred relationship with her where where my I do meant from this day on my whole life is going to change the way I you know uh, the way I spend my time the way I spend my money I mean my life is radically going to change instead of a me focused life now it's going to be a we focused life and I'll just let you in on, a, on some honesty is I'm still learning that one but that's the goal right but it's but increasingly uh, I'm learning to love Helen, to serve her, to put her needs ahead of my needs. Well, that is a picture of worship. See, when, when you meet Jesus and he, he reveals something of, his, of himself to you, his love for you, that his forgiveness, his kindness, his power, I mean, just all of who he is. And, and what happens is he, he hooks your heart, right? And then he invites you into a into a sacred relationship 
and we say, I do. Yeah, Jesus, I, I want to follow you. And, and, and so instead of living a, a me-focused life, this is where it's different with him, is that it's not, the goal now isn't a we-focused life, it's a you-focused life. Where when we say yes to Jesus, we spend the rest of our lives learning how to, how to love him more, how to serve him, how to obey him, how to put his plans ahead of our own. And that's, that's worship. And uh, here's a simple definition of, of worship. You can, uh, worship is, it's our full life response to who God is and to what he does. Our full life response. See, that's what a healthy church looks like, right? Full life response to him. That's, that's a worshiper. See, one of the dangers in our culture that I see increasingly, and when I say culture, I mean our, 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 our church culture, is that I think we, and we may not say it this way, but this is how it comes across. That it's like we think we can appease God, sort of throw him a bone. Like, I'll give you an hour and a half this morning, right? And I might even give you a couple hours during the week, right? Could you imagine when I said I do to Helen if I said, uh, I do, Monday to Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> that's my time. Right? Like, how, how healthy would, would that relationship be? I mean, it wouldn't. That relationship would, wouldn't grow. It would, how could it grow? Right? And it's the, same, it's the same with Jesus. See, when he, when he invites us into this sacred relationship, and we say, I do, his goal for you and for me is that it's... It, increasingly is an I do with no strings attached, right? His goal is he wants all of us, a full life. His, his goal is to, is to make us worshipers where every aspect, every part of our lives, not just this little blip on our schedules this morning, but the full schedule, all our lives. He wants to make us full life worshipers. So let's pray and then uh, we'll jump in and, and go through the notes. So let's pray. Lord, uh, thanks for this morning. Thanks for uh, each one that's here. And I'm, uh, again, I'm just so uh, encouraged and comforted by the truth that you know everybody here. And you know what's going on. You need those. You know those this morning who need to be encouraged. You know those this morning who need to be convicted. Lord, you know exactly what you're doing in all of our lives. And I pray that uh, you would just, just continue the work you're doing in each one of us. Lord, we welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, we do have Bibles at the front and the back, but I'm going to be jumping around today. Not literally, but, uh, um, but you can follow along your notes. Number one, it says worship on the inside. And, and I've already alluded uh, to this, but it, it's so important that we understand and realize that worship is way more than just singing songs. It's way more than just religious uh, exercises. And, and Jesus addresses this. There's a story in John 4, and I, uh, I think it's a very familiar story, but remember in John 4 where uh, in your Bible it's, it says the woman at the well where Jesus, you know, the disciples had gone into town probably to Chick-fil-A because that's where he would have have eaten, but uh, okay, but they've gone into town to get some food, and, and he's sitting at a well, and there's a woman there, thus the name, and they're sitting there having this conversation, and, and, and really what's happening, if you read it, is Jesus is so clearly revealing who he is to this, to this lady, right, and they're talking and going back and forth and all this stuff, and then Jesus looks at her and he says, hey, you know, why don't you go get your husband? And she goes, oh, uh, well, I, right, you know the story? I, well, I don't, I don't have a husband. He goes, ah, that's right. You don't have a husband. In fact, you've been married, what was it, five times? And, uh, um, and now the guy you're living with, uh, he isn't even your husband. I think her last name was Kardashian. I could be wrong. But uh, you don't write that in your notes. But she looks at him, right? He literally just reads her mail. And this is what she says, uh, John 4, verse 19. She says, sir... I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Let's just stop there. Like, her, her, her question is, so who's got it right? 
Right, we're, she's a Samaritan woman. She's going, we, you know, us Samaritans, we worship on this mountain and we have this, you know, we have this form of worship. But, you know, the Jews are so adamant. They say, no, 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 no. If you want to worship God, you've got to come to Jerusalem, to the temple, and you've got to do it our way. That's, that's worship. And she's going, well, who, who's got it right? And Jesus responds, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So Jesus is saying to her, you know, she's asking this great question, like, what is, what is true worship, right? What, what, what kind of worship really pleases God? And Jesus says to her, he says, you know what? I'm telling you, worship, true worship, it doesn't depend on where you are, whether you're on this mountain or in that temple or in this building, right, or in your car or at your place of work or at your home, it doesn't matter where you are, and true worship doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a Samaritan who the Jews just despised, or you're a Jew, or you're a woman, or you're a man, or you're black, or you're white, or you're rich, or you're poor. Or it doesn't matter. True worship doesn't matter who you are. And what he says is true worship, worship that pleases God, is it's, it's impossible for us as humans to, to, to really uh, to come into that place of true worship without the help of the Holy Spirit. To enter into true worship, to enter into the presence of God, it starts with a submission to the Spirit of God. Because He knows, the Holy Spirit knows how to lead us in true worship of God. And, and He says, and, and in that place, that place of worship, that, you know, in the presence of God, what God is looking for is not someone who can, you know, get all the religious exercises down or who can really pull it off on the outside. What God is looking for is a truth filled heart. He's looking for an honest heart. And, you know, so when we talk about worship and true worship, What God is looking for or looking at is the attitude of our heart. See, when when I said I do to Helen, as a young guy, as you know, as immature as I was, which I know it's hard to believe, but but what I did is I set the direction of my heart. Meaning that when I say I do to you, sweetie. What I'm saying is I'm going to spend the rest of my life, the goal, the direction of my life is I'm going to learn how to love you. I'm going to learn how to serve you. I'm going to learn how to put your needs ahead of my own. Now, uh, I have failed miserably at that because I'm really good at being selfish. I'm really good at looking out for me. I'm not good at putting her needs ahead of my own, but the direction of my heart hasn't changed. Right? In 28 years, the direction of my heart will be to the day I die as I am, I am still on that path even though I've, I fail miserably. Well, it's the, true, it's the same in our relationship with Jesus. When you said yes to Jesus, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that, that, that in, internally in your heart there was this shift where I want to follow you. I want to learn how to love you. I want to learn how to serve you. I want to learn how to obey you. But let's be honest, every day... All of us fail miserably at that, right? (laughs) Let's check the truth meter. Oh, it's not very high this morning. But the truth is that we do. We constantly fail, right, at at saying yes when he says, you know, or you know what I mean. We constantly fail, but it doesn't change the fact that in our hearts, the direction of our hearts is set on, I want to follow you. See, that's... And I, and I want to please you with my life. That's, that's worship on the inside. See, in religion, one of the dangers of religion, when I say religion, I mean, you know, the, just, you know, a, 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 a adhering to rules, right? The, one of the dangers of religion is that it says, you know, as long as you follow the rules, the condition of your heart doesn't matter, right? As long as you, you know, you've got the right answers, as long as you look the part, well, then it doesn't matter what's going on inside of you. But God says, or relationship says, no, that's not going to cut it. In fact, it's, 
it's the other way around, right? What relationship says is the condition of your heart, that's where it starts, right? Worship on the inside, that's where it starts because God knows that, that who, who we really are is in here, right? And what we really believe about him, about life, about everything is, is what we find in our hearts. And what God knows and why he's going after our hearts is he knows that, that, that sooner or later, what's in our hearts, right, who we really are, what we really believe, sooner or later, that's going to come out, right? And so when Jesus came, you know, uh, uh, and uh, when, he, when he came, he didn't come to say that the rules no longer matter. So don't hear that, right? He didn't come and say, look, hey, everything's changed now. I know you were raised in the law and all these, you know, got to do this, got to do that, do it this way, do it that way. He didn't say, now, you're all saved by grace, so just go live it up, right? That's not why Jesus came. He didn't come to remove the rules. Jesus came to change our motivation for obeying the rules, right? Whereas it used to be, you better get it right or else you're going to get punished, if you don't get it right, you, you know, God's going to turn his back on you. You're, you're going to be condemned if you don't get all these rules right. right. He came to change the motivation. See, relationship, it says this. John 14, uh, verse 15, it says, this is Jesus saying, If you love me, keep my commands. Right? No, longer, no longer is fear our motivation for trying to live a life that pleases him. Our motivation, and increasingly what he's, what he's working into our lives is, it's love. Let love be your motivation for saying, you know, for obeying him. And here, here's what I mean. You know, I remember uh, in high school, uh, uh, just, you know, if, there were just so many temptations, right? It was like every day you go to school, it's like a buffet <laughs> of temptations. And I was raised in the church, so I had a pretty good understanding of what was right and what was wrong, I think I had a pretty good understanding of, nah, that's not, that's probably not good for me, and yeah, that probably is good for me, right? But even with that understanding, I was still so tempted by all these different things, and, and you know, what, what kept me from saying no to most of that temptation, it wasn't a, a fear of God, it wasn't a fear of my teachers, you know, I'd get in trouble at school. It wasn't even a fear of the police that I could, you know, I could go to jail, right? The thing that kept me uh, from giving in to so much that temptation is that I didn't want to hurt my parents. I didn't want to break their hearts. See, even though I, as a teenager I looked at my parents, and I'm sure you were the same way, I looked at them and I thought, they are so clueless. They just don't understand, you know, what, what, what life is like. And now I look back and I go, man, they were so smart. You know, teenagers write that down. But, but the truth is, even though I didn't agree with so many of the rules that they, you know, and the, and the, and the, the you know, things I could do and couldn't do that they laid down, inside I still knew that they loved me. Right? And in the midst of my rebellion, in the midst of all my sort of, you know, kicking against the rules, Inside, I knew that I loved them, right? And so it was more important to me to guard that love, to guard that relationship, than it was to indulge my sinful appetites. See, that's, that's a picture of worship on the inside. It's, it's, it's if you love me, keep my commands, right? A healthy church a worshiping church has a growing love for Jesus in their hearts. Worship on the inside. As we learn more about him, as we experience him more, as we obey him more. And that love has direct impact on the way we live our lives. So that's number two in your notes then. Worship on the outside. Um, listen to this quote. It's from a guy, a, uh, you've probably heard of A.W. Uh, Tozer. Started the, the food chain, uh, or the A&W, Right? No, that's not true. He didn't. Okay, I'm just trying to get a bit of a response here in the room. But uh, listen to this quote. It says, Millions of professed believers, Christians, talk as if God were real and act as if he were not. Our actual position, what we really believe, is always to be discovered by the way we act, not by the way we talk. Does that make sense? 
I mean, that's a heavy little quote there, isn't it? He basically, uh, what, what Tozer's saying is he's going, hey, talk is cheap, right? Talk, talk is easy. Like where we, where we really find out or where we really show who we are, it's, it's, in the way, it's in the way that we act. And I mean, is this fair to say, and I think it is, that is it any wonder uh, when you look sort of outside of the church, right? People who would not call themselves Christians, and they look at us, people who do call themselves Christians, is it any wonder that they, for the most part, call us what? Hypocrites. When we gather together and we sing our hallelujahs and we shout our praises and we, you know, we go, we do all this and then we leave here and with hours, within hours of, you know, gathering together in this worship, we go home and, and you know, husbands are, you know, we're swearing at our wives and we're beating up our kids and, you know, there's, it's, it's like there's, there's this, uh, you know, we're being jerks to our neighbors, we're, we're lazy employees, we're complainers at work, or, you know, or we're really unfair bosses, and we're cheap with our people, or, you know, we, we post scorching things on social media, right? We're driving down the freeway with our little fish sticker, cutting people off, giving them a certain gesture, right? Uh, we drink this, we smoke that, we sleep with whomever. Is it any wonder they look at you and they go, what is this all about? Because obviously it doesn't affect who you are. Is it any wonder that they call us hypocrites? Right? Is it any wonder? And the thing is, see, I can remember years ago, actually just a few years after that picture, I was just, you know, a young worship leader and, you know, things were going really well, you know, and I was getting invited to travel and go places and lead worship. And I remember one night, I was coming home after this big night of worship at this, at this church and Helen was home. We had one child then and, you know, she was working hard as a mom and, and I'm coming up to the door and I was thinking, oh, that was great and it was. And, I, you know, I, I was all excited and I can still remember as I stepped on the, up the stairs to our, our front door and as I reached for the front door of our house, it's like God came really close and he whispered to me. He said, you know what? He said, tonight was great. But never forget that as you walk through that door, this door, this is where the rubber hits the road. Right? It's, it's, I mean, who are you when you leave this place? Right? Who are you in the car on the way home? Like, how do you treat your spouse? How do you treat your kids? You know, how do you, what, are you, what are your interactions with your neighbors, right? When you go to work, when you go to school. See, that's where we find out whether we're worshipers or not. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, singing is wonderful, right? When we gather together, it's wonderful. Psalm 22, I think it's verse 3, it says, it says that God is enthroned. He's literally lifted up by the praises of his people, right? That's powerful to think that as we gather together and lift our voices, we can, we can actually lift him up. And, and I don't understand it, but we can bless him. In some way, that's powerful, but we need to remember that that's not where it stops, right? Right? It's, it, it's, uh, a healthy church understands that, that a heart of worship is either nurtured or poisoned by the way we live our everyday lives. See, Romans 12, verse 1, uh, it, says, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, in response to how wonderful he is, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, a healthy church, a worshiping church, uh, gets up every morning and, and basically says, I'm yours. I'm presenting myself today as a living sacrifice to you. You, you know, do, do with me as you will today, right? Not just Sunday, right? See, when I'm not just married to Helen when I'm standing beside her, right? I'm not just married to her when we're, in, we're at home together, right? I am married to her all the time. Everywhere I go, whatever I do, I am married to her. And it's the same with Jesus. We're not just married to Jesus when we're at church, 
We're not just married to him when we're at small group or, or when we're with Christians, right? We're, we're married to him all the time, everywhere we go and, 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 and whatever we do. And I mean, have you ever considered that everything we do in our lives, I mean, everything, well, except sin, let's put that over here, <laughs> But everything we do just as human beings and going to school, going to work, raising families, you know, cleaning gutters, getting oil, like everything we do can be worship to God, right? 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, right? Now that may sound like, uh, oh yeah, well that sounds great, but come on, right? That's not possible. And, and, and I want you to hear today that even all that I'm saying, I recognize that we are all in a process. But I guess that what I'm trying to really get at today is, well, ask yourself, what direction are you headed? Are you headed towards, you know, uh, a, a full life of worship or, you know, or, is it, or is it less and less and less? You're going more your own way. Does that, does that make sense? Right, that's what I'm trying to get at this morning because, see, I believe that a worshiping church is increasingly, it's people that as we live out our lives and we, you know, relationships and work, all this stuff, that as we come into situations, that what we're asking God is, okay, God, I'm a living sacrifice, right? I'm giving myself to you. So, so how can I respond in this, in this circumstance? How can I respond in a way that is honoring to you? How can I bring glory to you through what I say or what I do or what I don't say or, or, or what I don't do? See, that's a worshiper, right? It's, it's a healthy church sets the direction of its heart on loving, serving, pleasing, obeying God, right? That's worship on the inside and then sees every day of their lives as an opportunity to walk that out, right? Um, in your notes, it says, uh, uh, under number three there, worship when we gather, it says one plus two equals three. Okay, here's what I mean by that. I'm not just trying to impress you with my great math skills. It took me a while to work that out. Uh, but here's what I mean. Number one, worship on the inside, right? Where we're, in, uh, uh, we're increasingly in our lives we're being honest with the Lord, right? Increasingly in our lives, we're inviting the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, come change my heart, you know, keep the direction of my heart on Jesus, right? That's worship on the inside. As, you know, as we're increasingly doing that, so that's one plus two, worship on the outside, where we're increasingly in our lives, we're, we're, we're offering our, you know, ourselves as living sacrifices, I'm yours, do with me as you will, where increasingly in ourselves, we're asking the questions, how can I honor you right now in this situation, right? So one, worship on the inside, plus two, worship on the outside equals three when we gather. And here's what I mean. One and two have direct impact on our worship when we gather. See, if the direction of your life all week is just you're doing your own thing, right? And, and, that, and if that's the direction, that's, that's going to flow into how you live your life. Well, then, I don't think when we gather, worship makes sense. Why would I want to sing his praises when I, do you know what I mean? Like, when, when, I, when, when I don't really think much of him anyways. Does that make sense? Right? If, if I haven't been walking with him all week, then to, then to, to, to draw near on the weekend, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But imagine this. Can you imagine... If, you know, if, as you, uh, as you're coming to church and you're walking in the doors and, you know, as you walk in, just imagine if, if you're aware that, okay, yep, I've blown it a lot this week, right? Welcome to, you know, welcome to the, <laughs> to human nature, right? But you're aware in your heart that your heart is clean because he's provided for all our faults and sins, Right? Right, so, so you know that your heart is clean, but you're also aware as you're coming in the doors, you're aware that, and you know what? The direction of my heart, it's on you, Jesus, right? And, and then added to that, as you're coming through the doors, coming into church to realize that, and you know what? Or, or, or as you're coming through the doors to ask the question, and Lord, how can I honor you today? 
what can I do today as we've gathered together that would bring honor and glory to you? See, we need to remember that when we gather together to, to worship, it isn't for us. We've come to worship Him. Right now, now the truth is we get lots out of it. But we need to remember it's, it's we've gathered for Him. And um, I want to show you a video. And you, don't turn it on yet, Lori, but you can cue it up. And this is a, it's like a little over four minutes. So if you want to grab some popcorn, you can grab some popcorn. But this is, uh, that's John Wimber right there. And John Wimber is the, uh, he's the man that, you know, years ago, I think it was in the early 70s, or that God raised this guy up to start the vineyard movement. And, and this is a video where he just, again, just gives a little talk on, on worship. And um, oh, I, let's go ahead and play it. I just want you to listen. Make sure to turn it up. So. Having been a pastor quite a few years, I've heard numerous times, oh, I didn't get anything out of worship. And I, and I gently explain to them, you're not supposed to get anything out of worship. You're supposed to give something out of worship. It's not for you. It's him. Years and years ago, I was at uh, one of my friend, children's friend's birthday party. She was only six, if I remember right. And we went, and her older sister, who was eight, was angry. Because everything, all the birthday stuff said the other girl's name, and all the birthday stuff was for her. It had pictures of her all over the house and all over the patio area. And there was a big prize and gift for her, and there was a cake for her and the mother had at one point the older sister was stamping her foot and in, just with indignant rage you know and her mother had to pull her aside and I still remember her gently but firmly saying it's not about you it's about your sister it's your sister's birthday not your birthday I've never forgotten that now I don't mean to do that to you but I want you to know it's not about you it's about him it's about you growing closer to Him. It's about you being prepared by the blood of Jesus through the forgiveness of God, by the drawing of God to, to worship Him. So worship isn't for you, it's for Him. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's for Him. <laughs> now if you got that, you got the price of admission right there. Because that's what it's all about. No, I love it. I like what happens. I like the dynamic of it, the vibes and all. I mean, I love it. And uh, it, it's a, a major, major part of my life. But the center of it is, does it please you, Lord? Does it please you? Does our collecting together and worshiping, congregating together and worshiping please you? Is it blessing you, Lord? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. A good worship service then has both the dynamic of being graded and received in heaven as well as what happens here. We might walk away and say, well, that was a good one, but the Lord's going. <laughs> you know, you're drawing near to me with your mouth, but your hearts are far from me. That was what happened in the Gospels, remember? And so it's very important for us to understand that worship, beginning and end, is for God. And that this is preparation for that that is to come. A few years back, I, I can't remember what it was, but I walked into my grandsons, one of my grandsons, I have 11 of them, grandchildren. And this one was about nine at the time, and he, it was early afternoon, and he had the television on, and he was watching one of these, um, like, highway patrol movies, or, or, or screening, I don't even know, I don't watch them, so I don't know exactly what they are, but they, they, evidently, they were either enacting or taking actual footage of arresting somebody. And uh, one of the, uh, the policemen were standing outside, and they had a gun, and this guy gets out of the car, and he goes like that. <clears throat> and Courtney turns out and looks, is he worshiping? <laughs> Get it? Get it? You see, that's what this is. I give. You're right, I'm wrong. You're holy, I'm not. I yield myself to you. I give myself to you. You're the only good I've ever known. 
the only resource on earth for life. You, oh God, are all of it. It's all about you. All right, we're going somewhere, and we're going to do something. We're going to worship God forever. No coffee breaks. All right? That's what I'm telling you. And when we do, we all are doing that our worship, right, the, the definition I gave, it's, it's a full life response, right? It's a response to who God is. I'm not saying, you know, you got to stir something up and you got to, ooh, right? When you're in love, you don't have to stir up, you don't have to stir it up when you're in love, right? And that's why we, that's why it's so important. That it's like that we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see Jesus, See, because I know when we, if we get a glimpse of him of how, how powerful and beautiful and wonderful he is, I know we'll respond to that. See, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I talk to other worship leader friends and we talk about, hey, how, how's worship going in your church? And, you know, I had one of them said, well, you know, our, uh, our people are just really reserved or you know and we were talking about the midwest and he said oh i think the midwest is just really conservative and i thought well i don't buy that and here's what i mean you know what i know right now if a buckeye walked into this room cardell jones walked in this room some of you would make complete fools of yourselves i'd be right beside you but here's the thing if wayne gretzky walked in i'd be weeping but (laughs) no But here's the thing. You know what that tells me? That it's in us. It's in us to respond because God made us to respond. The problem is in a sinful culture, we've just put our, we've put our worship onto people. We've put our worship onto things because you know what? I can see Cardell Jones on the field and be impressed by him. God, I just got to be honest, I don't always see you. But see, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. To open our eyes, because I know, I know if we come in, if the attitude of our heart is, I want to worship you today, God, you, but you got you to gotta take me by the hand, Holy Spirit, you got to lead me. Because, see, here's the thing, one of the songs that we used to sing a lot, we don't sing it as much, but very popular, uh, come now is the time to worship, right? Remember, the, the chorus goes, one day every tongue will confess you are God, one day every knee will bow, but still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. See, when you read your Bible and, and you get a glimpse in heaven, what do you see? Over and over, what we see in heaven is what? <laughs> Thank you, Giles. It's, well, you see hockey, but you also see worship, right? What's going on right now in heaven is worship. See, uh, Revelations uh, chapter, what is it? Chapter 5, verse 13 says this. Uh, this is a, a, a you know what John saw as he looked into heaven. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is, that, that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down in worship. See, you know what? I don't understand that. I don't understand how, like, God, so are you saying when we finally leave this place and go home to heaven that we're going to be worshiping all the time, right? Singing and dancing and shouting and bowing and, you know, it's like, to be honest, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. But what I, but what I do know is that, that this side of heaven, every time we gather, we have an opportuni- opportunity to enter into what's going on in heaven right now. Right? I don't know about you, but there's, there's loved ones that are in heaven. You know, sisters of mine that I know are in heaven right now worshiping Jesus. And so when we start to sing, to think that I can enter in with them, right? Enter into what's going on in heaven now. Every time we get together, we have an opportunity to enter into that. Right? Every time we get together, we get to practice worshiping. Right? We get to practice learning how to express our love to Him, to break out of our fear of man, right? And that uncomfortable thing, but to get our eyes on Him and just go to, to love Him and, 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 and to worship Him. So, so here's how we're going to end off the service today. 
uh, Pam, uh, they're gonna le- uh, these guys are going to lead us in a song. And what I want to do is I just want to encourage us today. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we stand up? I'm, I'm going to encourage us today to uh, just to see ourselves as if we're not just in this room here in, here in Sunbury, but to see ourselves before the Lord, right? Before our King. And, and we're going we're gonna to sing a worship song. And I just want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to respond accordingly. Right? And here's the thing. Uh, you know, to raise our hands, to sing, to shout, to clap, to dance, all those things. You know, those aren't just wacky Pentecostal things. Right? Those are biblical. Right? We're the ones that need to get up to speed. Because, because, uh, because in the Psalms we see over and over God's given us pictures of, well, you know, this is, these, are, these are ways that you can come before me. These are ways that you can celebrate me, right? And, and I, you know, and, and, and I, one of the things I want to encourage us today is that worship, it's, it's a learned thing. Like, just think back to when you first started to pray out loud, right? I know, I have friends now, I'll say, hey, why don't you pray? Mm, I'm not praying out loud. I'm like, what's the big deal, right? But it, I guess it is a big deal to actually pray out loud, but, but what are you doing when you're talking out loud? What are, you, what are you doing when you're driving your car and you're praying to the Lord? You believe he's listening. You believe he's with you. And over time now, that just feels really natural, doesn't it? Whereas some people think, well, who, hey, who are you talking to? That's kind of weird. Well, well, droid, that sounded great. I'm a little raccoon, that's it. But, but think about it. Right now, we're in the presence of God. When you open your mouth to sing, do you not think he can hear you? Well, it's no different than praying. We're just singing our prayers, right? And so I just want to give us an opportunity, and, and, you know, and, and I want to challenge you to stretch yourself because, uh, well, so if, if, if you've never raised your hands, raise your hands to the Lord. If you want to, as we sing this song, if you want to come and bow down or at your seat, bow down. I mean, how do you come before a king? You come with humility, right? I, I think a lot, in our culture, most of us come before the king whining and complaining. Well, when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? Off with his head, right? It's like, that's not how you come before a king. You come, you bring something to a king. You come with humility because he's the king and we are not. So that's not to put, you know, I'm not trying to manipulate anything. But if that works, no, but, so we're going to say, <laughs> so let me pray for us, and then we're going we're gonna to sing this song, and I just want you to respond to your king this morning. So Lord, help us, Holy Spirit, help us, we're, we're not in heaven yet, our eyes, we don't see that clearly yet, it's, it's foggy to us now, we just get these little glimpses of you, and how, how amazing you are, Lord. That, that the things of this world that we actually do worship, that we give ourselves to, are just nothing compared to you, Lord. But you have to, you have to help us, Father. You have to come. So I just ask that you would come and open our eyes. And I, and I just, in, in your name, Jesus, I just break the power of the fear of man. Lord, oh, that when we gather, this would be a place where we can be little boys and little girls who just love their father. And who just, just respond to that love without any fear of looking foolish. Lord. So we just welcome you here in Jesus' name. So as we sing, just feel free to respond. Just to breathe. 
to make us worshipers or that you would teach us that you would uh, 
Just do that work that we would be full life responders to you, Lord. But I thank you that it starts with you and with you revealing to us who you are. And I just pray throughout the day and weeks ahead just that you would reveal more of yourself to us. Lord, it's in us to respond. I just pray that you'd, you know, draw us into places where we're just getting alone with you or, or you know, turning the radio off and just welcoming you into the car. Or just, I just pray that you'd make us a people who are, that the direction of our hearts is towards you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, just as we were singing, I was reminded, remember uh, the last weekend of last year, we had that couple, they, they're church planners in the Middle East. Remember that? Uh, Calm and Jen. And it was interesting to me that they said that when they would gather together, they'd close the windows, they'd put towels to block the doors, like to, to soundproof the room, and they would quietly speak out worship songs. Like, why? Why even bother? Right? right? But here's the thing that went, was like, God, it's this whole thing of worship and of singing to him, it's his idea, right? It's his idea. It's something that he's given to us as his people. And you know what scares me sometimes for us is, is we're going to be a people who we don't know what we really had until it's gone, right? Until the time is that when we're not allowed to do this. And you think, oh, you're crazy. I don't think so, right? Do you realize in the United States, I heard a, a, a statistic the other day, if every month a 1,000 churches start or planted in the United States, and every month 2,000 close their doors, right? We're, we're decreasing, right? And, and I just want to challenge us, right, that... Uh, uh, to enter in, and it's more, and I don't, I don't just mean so, I want to see people raising hands and goofy dancing, I want to, I, I don't, if, if there's, I just, I just want us to start with, what do I really believe? Is he God? Well, then what's the right way to respond to God? If he isn't God, well, well, I don't want to say what I'm, <laughs> what's going through my mind, because, uh, but, but I, I want to challenge us to really ask ourselves, is he God? Well, if he's God, well, then, then, then look in the mirror and say that there should be a response. Does that make sense? Okay. So, Lord, I've said enough. I just pray. Uh, I just hear your invitation. We're your people. You're inviting us into your presence. And I pray that you would help us just to engage our faith. Lord, it's hard. You know, blessed are those who believe and don't see. Right, Lord, we're, we, don't, we don't see as clearly as those who have gone ahead that are with you. But I just ask you to stir our faith that we'd be your people, that we would be a responsive people to you. I thank you for each one here, and I just pray a blessing on each one, each family. I pray you keep us safe as we drive home. And, but I pray this week that you would just keep coming close, just keep inviting us, inviting us to, to draw near to you. Thanks for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, bless you. Uh, watch your step as you go and as you drive, but uh, check out lots of things in the lobby. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next weekend.